engaged. Good. <laughs> Stay engaged, dude. Stay engaged. Fist fist apart. Uh I just tried this. It's pretty good. <laughs> Already? Mm-hmm. Stumptown. Holler Mountain. I haven't tried this one yet, so this will be new for me. Holler. That's good. It's probably not as good as the last one we did. No. What, what were you on the last smooth, one? smooth, dude. What'd you get us? Seattle. Seattle. Seattle cold Seattle brew. cold brew. That was solid. What is it? Good luck. Enjoy a sip of Holler Mountain. Assuming athletic position and give <laughs> give him hell tiger <laughs> yeah it says i like that pop the top and enjoy <laughs> pop your yeah. pop your top doesn't say how much caffeine is in it but it's yeah. all right cool better be a lot fuel for the podcast Round. i just realized i don't have my phone so i can't look at any uh i can't look anything up now any I'm, facts i'm, I'm limited <laughs> <laughs> off the dome today dude yeah uh Shoot, man. I mean, you know one thing that is uh, – have you have you ever read The Go-Giver? No. Dude, it's like – Who wrote it? Let's see. I don't know if it's anyone big, but – No, right now I'm reading um, – Bob Berg. Bob Berg. Right now I'm le- – my, my books that I'm reading right now are uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and then I'm reading uh, the um, Own Your Day, Own Your Life yeah, yeah. by Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. Uh, well, the the Go-Giver, it, it's – now that I'm reading it, I'm like, this is what everyone is saying. Like, Did, is that where they got the contest? So tell, give me an example. Do you have any examples of that? Uh, just add more value. Oh, I know. That's what this is from. God, that's like every single like add more value. Yeah. And you know, I uh I I agree. I think like it's like yeah, just be a good person. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting from it. But one well, thing that's kind of like the 5149 or what Gary Vee is like 50.1 and 49.9 always giving more than you're asking or or receiving. Which I think is good in theory. It's just like if you know, it's it's hard to capitalize on sometimes, well, and it depends on what people perceive as valuable too. Like something that's really not valuable to one person is valuable to someone else. True, which is interesting because I probably post a lot of videos on really simple exercises that are really invaluable, or what people perceive as are invaluable to them. But like certain people, are like oh man, that helped out so much. Yeah, it's like just those simple things. So it's like, yeah. It's, it's it's kind of stretching my thought process though on like like how can we just give more you know yeah. like we're planning this workshop it's like yeah throw it in yeah whereas uh you know before sometimes i don't say either of us were ever like no hoard this but it was kind of like yeah that's fine that's good enough mm-hmm. where now i'm like oh, let's like go over the top type of thing yeah obviously i don't need to blow like a hundred grand on yeah. free, but like, you know, just like, how can we just add more to it? Just make yeah. it as cool and fun and valuable for sure. Cause I think there's a certain feeling that you get when you're selling someone something or someone's paying for something from you that you want to like go above and beyond. Like, well, at least that's how I feel. Like, I feel like I want people to really not go, Oh, that cost me this much. I didn't feel like I got that much value or like right. give them so much for what they're paying that they don't even think a second time about the price or like especially after they get like with physical therapy 
they pay a certain amount. I want at the end of the session, they walk out and don't even think about the cost of it because they got so much benefit from the actual session itself. And like, that's always the goal. I think with all that stuff, no, a hundred percent. And, and I think, uh, it's always like looking back anytime someone doesn't feel that way. It's like, all right, it probably did come down. It just came down to like that value that, like you said, they either, Maybe you thought you were giving a lot, but they didn't perceive it as mm-hmm. valuable to them. So yep. it also comes down to like figuring out uh, what people want. Yeah, I think, that, that's, I think that's the hardest part, man. With all with like trying to create social media posts and blog posts, or like welcome or the um, newsletter, like a like a monthly or weekly email newsletter. It's all about. It's tough to find what people want, and it's also hard to strike that like that medium where you can help the most people out in the most impactful way. You're always going to have those like long tails of like people on the low end or the high end that you're not able to help. They're not able to understand what you're talking about or it's not applicable to them, but like trying to find that sweet spot of like impacting the most people the fastest. I mean, that's what's pretty cool about like the age of internet now is like you get so much more outreach to people. Whereas like before you could only see the people that you talk to in person. And now it's like, it's just so there's, you can put so much information out to so much people, but I feel like there's a downside to that too. Cause there's just so much bad information going out is because I feel like people feel the pressure to give out value. So they're just making shit up now, yeah. you know, or they're lying or they're repeating stuff that they heard. And like, I see this all the time where it's like a whole bunch of people are talking about the same thing and giving out the same advice. And then it turns out that that advice was fake or like, you know, like no one checked their source. Like the first person didn't check their source and then it went out and then the next person perpetuated it, perpetuated it, perpetuated it, perpetuated it. And then at this end of it, you're like, Oh wait, actually that wasn't real. But people have been believing it for so long that they can't even accept the fact that it wasn't real. So they still won't let go of it because they've attached part of their identity. I feel like once it, this is the hardest part for people too. Once you've attached your name to something and you go like, like, uh, Low carb, like keto is the way to go. It's the only thing. It's healthy. You know, well, well, it reduces the risk of cancer. And then they come out with these studies. And, you know, I'm not saying this happened. This is just an example of, but like, you know, and then they come out with a study that says like, oh, actually low carb is really, really bad for you. That person is going to have to fight yeah. to the death of them to defend all of the stuff they've been talking about for months yeah. because they don't want to seem like an idiot and go, oh, just joking, guys. I, I just was like saying what I heard from, from Joe Rogan, Yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I see it a lot with like quotes. Like you, you see quotes that are just famous. No one questions them, but they've even broken them down. Sometimes they'll break quotes down. It's like that doesn't make any literal sense. Yeah. Like people are just like repeating the same shit because that's what they heard. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And a lot of content jacking. Like people are just uh, t- like ripping off content from other people and, and not even putting their own stamp on it or their own take because that's a little bit different. Like, you know, because everyone's – there's going to be a lot of people saying the same thing, but you could tell when it's taken from someone or if they put their own spin on it. You could tell when someone is repeating something or when they actually know what it is. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is like, that's why I admire like guys like Gary V is because he only talks about the stuff he actually knows. Yeah. He could probably, I mean, he's such a big presence online. He could spew a whole bunch of stuff and it could be real or fake and people would believe him the same, Yeah, but he, only talks about the stuff that he actually knows about. And that's kind of like where I try to go in my lane with physical therapy and fitness, personal fitness is like, and, and performance is like, I know these certain areas, 
but like I don't talk about politics because I don't really know it. And it's like it's it's like to that effect, but people will go into everything. Like I don't talk about nutrition because I don't know it's that level, right? Even though I probably know more than the average person because I did a lot of I've taken a lot of college courses on nutrition. I've spent a lot of time studying in nutrition and like healing potential and I've listened to a lot of information on it. But at the same time, like I don't have enough information to like formulate a really solid opinion that I feel like I could viably pass out to someone else and they would pass it along. I'd feel good about them passing on that information. Yeah. And I think also it, it comes down to like, like what do you want your message to be? Yeah. You know, like, cause yeah, there's, there's sometimes there's things that I feel like strongly about. I'm like, I know I could talk about it, but it really doesn't make a lot of sense. It's hard. Know? It's hard to, it's hard to hold yourself off from some of that stuff sometimes too. Like, uh, for example, uh, I, I bought a shirt. I'm actually wearing it underneath this. It says, shoot hoops, not people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I feel strongly about this idea. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't really want to get into that. And I don't yeah. want to be like this civil rights guy. Like, <laughs> that's just not who I'm going to be. Yeah. Know? But at the same time, I feel like I like the idea. Uh, and, I, and this goes back to Gary Vee's thing, too, is. I like the idea of being able to like pivot and just like be a personal brand instead of like a lot of these people online, they create an identity. So like, like a fitness influencer, someone that's just got a really nice body. Like it sucks for them because like, you know, the second that they post something that's not about like their body and like how to be lean and stuff, you know, if they put out a political opinion, they're going to get so much hate comments that just are like, you know, like, screw you, you know, you don't know anything about politics. Why don't you just continue to do what you know? Yeah. It's like the kind of thing that Gary talks about, like where he was like, you know, stay in your lane, wine boy, like when he started talking about business. And yeah. so like, I think that, that there's like a certain like uh, trepidation or like resistance to people wanting to post something that's outside of their lane, like for a guy like you to start posting about that or like if you start talking about like shoes or basketball or something like that, you know, they're like, wait, you're the nutrition guy. Like what happened to you? Like this is my, ch-. it's like if the Discovery Channel started putting e-shows on, you know, you'd be a little confused. But right. I feel like when you're creating a personal brand, it's kind of cool to at least give a little bit of insight into how people, how you feel. So you're not just completely a facade, you know, because there's people I follow on Instagram where it just almost feels like now, like there's just a manager running it because there's nothing personal about it. It's just like a photo of them with like something or like them eating some food and talking about fitness. And like, you know, there's nothing like of their personal life. It's nothing of their beliefs or what they follow. And I feel like more and more now People want to kind of know what you're about in a personal way also in in conjunction with wanting to know what you're about in a professional way. So they know if they want to align with you and kind of follow your message. Yeah, I agree. I think there there's a line that you you do go because, yeah, you can go too far the other way. And I've I've met some people where I'm like, you're completely different Mm -hmm. and like even in a bad way. Yeah, like for sure. You put out this image like you're this good motivational guy and and you're kind of a dirt bag. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I always try my best. Like if, if I am that dirt bag, right? Like I hope people know that about me and they don't think like, I thought you were something else. So I try to put out like a guy like Dan Bilzerian. Like, you know what you're getting when you talk to him. He's not just like a fitness guy. He's not posturing. Yeah. He's not even just, he's not posturing as anything. 
he's like letting people choose like here's what i am and what i believe and who i am and i'll say whatever i want and then you can choose to like me hate me follow me respect me disrespect me or whatever you want to do but you're getting the real version of him i think the issue that i see a lot and i was even thinking about this today is the like expert effect so like the fact that someone's a nutrition expert uh, then tries to talk about a new subject where they're not an expert in, but because anytime someone's seen as an expert, you see it's like the doctor effect. Mm-hmm. If you're a doctor, uh, you talk about whatever. People say, oh, he's a doctor. I believe him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like what I see a lot these days is like everyone's a relationship expert now. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like... <laughs> Like especially these like fitness guys. Yeah, yeah, you were just you were just a, a gym bro. You found a girlfriend, and now you're like, well, this is what we do. Like this is. I'm like, yeah. just be in your relationship. Like, why do you got to be an expert now? I know, and I, and I feel different ways because like some people like I don't fall into that. I almost go the opposite way, which is which might be bad as well. Like I'm like, no, you're the you're the fitness expert. You can't be an expert on this. Like you could be an expert on multiple things, but you got to prove that you're the expert. To me, at least. Right. Like, that's the same reason, like, I'm not a business expert by any means. I mean, I understand it to a base level and that I own a business with you and I've gone through some of the trials and hardships, but God, it's been a really short period of time. More what I want to talk about is the journey of it so people yeah. can kind of understand it and it can become less scary to other people. So that's where I feel like I have value in that, like, I'm going through it and it's almost like people just sometimes, like, that's why the cool, like, podcasts like short story long are cool because you get to see you get to hear what people started as and where they're at now right as opposed to like and and that's what i think where we can bring value to people too is like hey this is what we're going through in business but that doesn't make us an expert and i don't want to try to act like a business expert like oh this is how you get clients and stuff because it's like well dude we're still struggling to to try to get a full caseload and stuff like we're still building our business and growing and learning and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's like that's why i like like documenting the process and talking about like where you're at and not trying to be an expert. But I agree. There's way too many people out there that are like trying to be the expert of like, don't like, don't give someone advice on, on like how to parent a kid just because you just had a kid. Like that doesn't instantly make you an expert. Like say what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think here's what's worked for me. Here's what hasn't worked for me. You choose like, no, this is what you need to do as a parent. This is how you, how you do it. And yeah. it's like, and that's, I just have, I have a, almost a issue with just expert in general. Cause it's like, man, no one's know. an expert. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny, dude. Like when you start getting into the, the, like deep into your industry, you start to realize how many people are actually experts versus you know what people are looked at as experts. Like me and you know plenty of fitness professionals that are looked at by the community as experts. And then when you get around them and you start picking their brain about things or you see what they're doing, you're like, like, oh, wait, this guy isn't an expert like at all. He just got lucky or or was good at business. Had confidence. Yeah, had confidence, really pushed his product, and and people followed him. And, like, that's a skill in itself, but that doesn't make them a fitness expert. But then, like, you you know, you listen to guys like Mind Pump, and you go, okay, or, or like Luca. Like, you're like, okay, these guys actually have real knowledge inside their head because they can just go on rants for an hour about a topic and just be able to blast. And that's where you know people are experts or not is, like, an expert to me is only depth. 
It's yeah. not width of anything. It's just like how deep can you go into a topic? So if I asked you about periodization of a program or like uh, principles of endurance training and all you can give me is like some stuff that, you know, sounds like you read it off the internet and that's as deep as it goes, then that's like, to me, that's not expertise, which is fine. Not everyone has to be an expert. Because what, like 5% of each field are probably considered true experts. Well, I think the funny thing too is like anyone who is a true expert, like you know this, like the more you know, you, the more you realize you really don't know. Oh, for right? sure, dude. So you stop talking about it. Well, you almost shit. start feeling less like an expert the <laughs> yeah. deeper you go down You're because... Like, I don't even want to say anything. I don't even know what I know now. Exactly, which is funny because like, I mean, that's the reason why I didn't talk about health and or at least physical therapy for a long time was because like... I started like you, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. It really is true. Like, and then when you start going, you're like, holy shit, there's a lot to this. And you start going, dang, I got to go way deep down this hole. Like to, was this, this right? Could Exa- it be proven wrong? Exactly. You know, like-, like it's probably the same way with you with nutrition. I mean, you could speak on that, but, uh, like you start to like, Oh, this is pretty basic. And then you're like, wait, there's a lot of different, like, does that really nuance. make sense? There's yeah. a ton of nuance to it. Like where it's like, like your thing is like, you know, to simplify it to the outside population, it is calories in, calories out. But like, there's also a lot of nuance to like different hormone levels, insulin and, and, uh, and working on, you know, like different energy systems and like all that kind of stuff, metabolism. And, yeah. and well, someone asked me the other day, they're like, they go, is rowing a good way to lose weight? I was like, I mean, I don't. I was like, man, I, without writing a paragraph here, like, yeah, I don't want to say no right off the bat because it's great. Because first off, it's great to row, like, cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to say like, yeah, and then you get pissed because you don't get the body you want. Like, it's just yeah, exactly. Because well, as we know, exercise is not a good modality weight for weight loss. You're not going to row the weight off of your body. Right. It's it's probably but, one. But of the, then saying no, the yeah. oh okay, I won't do anything, and it's exactly. like. Fuck, yeah, there's a lot of nuance to that situation. Yeah. That's how I would answer probably is like, hey, there's a lot of nuance to that situation. Uh, here's what's good about it. Here's what's bad about it. But you have to have everything together. Whereas the non-expert is going to be like, just move your body. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, <laughs> That's yeah, all you need. A, yeah. And then, you know, and, and we started out like that. It's like, it depends on who you're talking to. Like when I talk to people that aren't exercising at all, that are completely center, I'm like, yeah, just get out and move. Yeah. But then like, there's a very quick point where like just getting out and moving does not benefit you anymore. Because like, I know a lot of people that come in to see me in my clinic and they go, yeah, I, uh, I work out four times a week. I'm like, okay, what do you do? And they're like, well, I walk two miles. And I'm like, how fast? They're like, well, it takes me about, uh, you know, 40 minutes to an hour. I'm like, that's not a workout. Walking two miles in an hour is not a workout by any stretch of the imagination. So like that example of like just moving is not good. And if you're like, if you're trying to be a high level athlete or even like a weekend warrior and you're trying to like train for a triathlon, like you were like just getting out and doing something is not going to be good. Like you should actually try to start programming like some type of like step-by-step process of reaching your goal where it's like that's it. this week i'm going to swim 200 meters three times a week and then i'm going to go to 300 meters and then i'm going to go 300 meters but i'm going to do it faster and then i'm going to jump up to 500 meters it's like you got to periodize it you got to progress you, exactly you got and you got to structure it, it has yeah. to be structured yeah and so like that's where the nuance comes in mm-hmm. but then the nuance for you would be like you're training for a swim a run 
and a bike. So now the nuance is like how much of each, where's your, where's your weak point? Your weak point was swimming. So we got to program more into the swimming. You're more comfortable with the running. So maybe we'll do that less. And then, you know, we got to try to get your efficiency up on a bike. So, and then how much energy do we have to spend? How much time during the week do you have to do those workouts? So that's all like the nuance of like why personal trainers and things like good personal trainers are important, you know, because like a bad personal trainer could just go, yeah, I want you to ride the bike for 20 minutes go swim 20 minutes and then you're going to run for 20 minutes. You can just break up like that. That will get you somewhere, but it's not going to get you the maximal results. So it depends on what you're looking for. And it, and I think the results are all in the nuance of like this current situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I think, uh, the reason it all comes back to like going back to the expert conversation. Like, I think it just comes back to like people's ego, man. Like, People just really want to be seen as somebody. Whereas like, like I was saying earlier, I was like, man, I really desperately do not want to be seen as anything that I'm not because what's the point? And you don't want to let someone down. Yeah. And it's not like you want to go out there and broadcast like, hey, I'm not an expert, but no. come follow me. But you, it's good to not be like, you know, I know everything. I am the end all be all. Like, I I, am, I don't need yeah, that. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like. There's yeah. no point, but yeah. some people like really just need to meet that. Well, and that's why I think there's some fitness professionals, the ones that we've met also, that are really against those weekend courses because yeah. people come out of a, a weekend course. Like, I mean, I was looking into blood flow restriction therapy, yeah. and maybe some therapists that do that will do a nine-hour course in one day and go, oh, yeah, I'm now certified in blood flow restriction. I'm an expert, expert. in blood flow restriction. Yeah. But really, you've got to go thousands of hours. Like, I don't even, what, what is it like they say to become an expert is like 10,000 hours or 10, something 000. is like the average. I mean, that's probably a good, that's yeah. probably a good um, uh, thing. And like, I've, I wonder how many hours I've done Dude, of, how many of hours? physical therapy so far. It's got to be, uh, it's way up there. It's over 10,000 probably. So, so Think like the, how many hours you've weightlifted. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a, like an expert. I'm like, that's what I'm, I'm pretty good. I know what I'm doing. Exactly. But. So yeah, we're no like Cressy, you know, yeah. but like that's, but that's what we're working for. But I think if you get that many hours, you're the, one of the top in your field, probably, unless yeah. you've just spent 10,000 hours being an idiot, which right. it's probably happens a lot. Where is happening. I feel like that's the dangerous thing about owning a gym or owning a business or and being really com- like you get these gym owners that are super competitive with people and they don't want to let anyone in or out and they don't want to talk, you know, they don't want to collaborate or anything like that. You insulate yourself into a bubble and you friggin' you don't know if you're doing, if you're top or their top, you just tell people that you're the best. Well, you don't actually know that. And that's the, the shittiest part is that like when you are only in your zone of what you know, like you're not, and and then you're not also reaching out to what other people are doing, going to the courses like Luca does and stuff like that. That's why I really respect his game is because he's bringing every top mind in, mm-hmm. taking it in and like, you know, using what he likes. Well, every time someone comes in, he's probably realizing how much on certain topics that he doesn't know. Right. If he brings in a sleep expert, he's like, you know, I thought I knew sleep and how to train sleep, but this has completely reworked my position on this. Whereas if you're only doing... Like, let's say you, you did a CSCS and uh, this is all you did t- 10 years. Like, like you don't know. Back to, you don't know what you don't know anymore because, like, things yeah. change. And I always hear that, that, that perspective from therapists, from physical therapists. They always, they always say, like, well, what I'm doing is getting people better. And I'm always like, 
Well, could you be getting them better faster, more efficiently, more cost effectively? Could you be getting them quote unquote, like, like better? What does that mean? Are they getting, were they at a hundred percent? They got injured. They went down to 50 and you got them to 70 or did you get them to 90% or did you bring them up to 120% of their pre-injury status? Like, what does that actually mean? And, and how do you know? Yeah. Over time, anyone's going to get better pretty much, especially with a little bit of good work. But it's like, who can be the most effective? And that's when you start to run into those guys like that are that are proven, like guys in our in, in my industry, like Kevin Wilk, and guys like that that Drew Brees sees. Yeah. Because you're like, he's known for getting people back on the field fast. And you go, okay, average ACL return to play time is 10 months, 11 months, 12 months, and then he's doing it in eight or nine safely and effectively, then you're like, okay, this guy is actually doing better than most because there's statistics on that. So you've got to push yourself out to like figure out, are you actually better than those other people or are you not? And I think, I think that's why people don't is because they, they have that fear of like that feedback. Yeah. They just want to do what they, they know, keep doing it rather than because then if they go out and see like oh shit i've been doing this stuff wrong like how bad of a feeling is that too but but how much worse is it if after 10 years you go oh shit i've been doing this with this person with all my people this whole time whereas if you've been doing it for six months and then you catch yourself everybody makes flaws like everybody's done something with somebody that they probably shouldn't have done with or like to our best abilities of what we know exactly Exactly. And I'd rather know what I'm doing wrong and fix it and be better. And and that's what drives me, though, to go yeah. to those courses and shit. Because yeah. I'm like, like you said, what a terrible feeling that would be. Yeah. But some people, maybe they don't. Because if, if you looked back on five years of your work and said, and that's probably why some people don't want to know. It's like that ignorance is bliss type yeah. situation where it's like, you don't want to look back on the last five years of your career and go, dude, I've been telling people the wrong stuff yeah. and they've been paying me. Yeah. And I've been living, making my living off of telling people incorrect stuff. Yeah. That would be a shitty situation to be in. And, and but you could stop it. You just have to not try to just pull the pull the you know, the blanket over your head and, and you gotta like face up to what you know and what you don't know and be honest about it with people. Yeah. And you gotta commit to figuring it out. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. And that and that's the interesting thing about what I learned early on because I had good mentors in PT and this goes for really, I think probably anyone in anyone's career could use this advice too is like, you got to just be honest about what you do know and what you don't know. And then be upfront about like, so like if someone comes in with something that I haven't seen or confuses me, I say, Hey, to be honest, I haven't seen very much of this. Uh, this might be a little bit out of my scope. Mm -hmm. Let's get you in to see somebody that does know. And what I can promise you is that I will do my research and investigate into this further to to make sure that I can handle this for you. And if I can't, then I can't. And that happened to me a lot of times because I treat it, I treat like dizziness for people, but I only treat a very specific type of dizziness because it's the one I'm trained on and the one I can evaluate. And so I do that. And then, but if people have some weird symptoms or like, cause I'm like, oh, you know, if it's just this simple one, we can do it, try it out, see how it goes. But if it's like complex, I'm like, no, you got to go see a specialist because this is out of my scope. Like this is something that you need to go see because I'm not comfortable with it. So I'm not going to see something just to make money off this person or just, you know, oh, I can build this person and hopefully it'll get better. Yeah. That's not how I think. And I think that that's like how everyone should think, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like be honest with 
with your limitations. And I think that's the other thing is like recognizing your own limitations and knowing where those boundaries are and like not trying to go over, you know, into the deep end over your head. People think they're magic like, men out here. Exactly. They're like, oh man, like, you know, like, like for nutrition coaching, for example, like you probably shouldn't be working with someone that's got really like complex diabetes and right. is in risk of like losing a limb or something because that's like pretty serious stuff where they've got to be like really strictly monitoring their insulin and they've got to be like doing a very specific diet for that. And that's like disease treatment, you know? It's like when that becomes that strategy. But I bet you there are people out there that are help helping, quote unquote, the people manage their shit. disease. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, And I think that also goes with like you know, someone who's injured, like, I'm not going to be like, nah, I know how to do this. You're fine. Like, it's like, yeah. no, like, but there are a lot of personal trainers that think that they can fix someone. I mean, I ran into that same thing in my story of like, after I injured my knee, I had a bunch of athletic trainers that kept on telling me like, no, no, we can, we can fix this. We, we can diagnose this. You don't need to go see your, the doctor. You don't need to see the doctor. And the doctor was in the same building, you know, he's an orthopedic surgeon. And they're just like, no, 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 just wait a few more weeks. We can figure this out. We can manage it. We got this. We got this. You know, they come and it's like they're they're not they're not diagnosing these kind of injuries, apparently, because the, they had told me I had torn cartilage in my knee behind my kneecap that was floating around, and they told me that I had strained my calf muscle. <laughs> like not even close. And I was I was a freshman in college, so I didn't really know much. I hadn't gone down PT and I was like, you know, I'm not an expert in this. But it feels like my knee, like the front of my knee hurts and not my calf. And the only reason I thought I had strained my calf was because I had this Baker's cyst behind my knee. Like, no, that's where the calf muscle rolled up. I'm like, but it's so weird because, like, I can stand on my toe and my calf doesn't hurt. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's your calf. Trust me, we could fix this, though. And I went for, like, I think I went, like, four months. I jumped a whole indoor season with cartilage floating around my knee. And finally, I was like, no, I got to go see somebody. And, like, they're lucky I'm, like, you know, I'm not, like, lawsuit happy or i'm not like frivolous yeah and i just said okay you know you guys fucked up but now i gotta get this fixed but it could have changed the trajectory of your career it delayed me and for sure and they were out of their scope they're over their heads but they were trying to convince themselves that they knew more than they thought they knew and apparently that was a major situation of like you don't know what you don't know because they didn't even know how to perform. Apparently, they didn't even know how to perform a proper evaluation on my knee to go, this is a calf or this isn't a calf. And mm-hmm. any trained professional that is trained in that realm of injury prevention like me, I would never, ever diagnose a cartilage injury for a for a calf injury or a muscular uh, injury. It's not even close on the diagnosis. And it's just like, like for me, like I would never even, as a trainer, diagnose somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would I do that? There's no yeah. point for me to do that. I know. I don't but, have to. Well, but people wanted. People don't want to admit when they don't know. Yeah. And that's the problem. Is like some trainer, some person goes up. You know, your client goes up to you and goes, "Dude, my back's been hurting. Like, what's wrong?" Client's like, or the trainer doesn't want to go. Well, I don't know. Yeah. They want to. They want to give you an answer because that's yeah. what you're getting paid for. You're getting paid to yeah. give answers, that's and true. they think they have to give an answer on everything. Yeah. So like, oh no, strain probably strain a muscle or yeah. did strain a muscle or yeah, just pulled it, pulled a joint or something like that. It's like could be any number of things. Like don't just guess into the dark. I but always, that's the thing is yeah. like people that don't know about the back go, oh, it's either a muscle or it's the disc. It's like, well, no, it's there's a lot of other things in there. Yeah, I always feel uncomfortable in group class yeah when people come up and they're like this hurts uh what's wrong i'm like 
Okay. Like, listen, there's not going to be a solution figured out here while I'm coaching a class. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm not just going to, I'm not a magic man. Like, and it's, like, and it's even hard. It, it's even hard to like, for, for what your, for what your scope of practice is, it's hard for you to go. All right, let's go through a whole movement session and then let's figure out what it is. Right? Cuz like yeah. you can figure you could probably deduce what movement exactly causes the pain, but then there you you got to figure out what the structure is. And that's like that's where that handoff becomes exactly. super important. Uh what I one thing I wanted to I was thinking about going back to value. Yeah. What is an example of something that you you did or paid for and you're like that was like way more than I expected or I got more out of it. And then what's one that you're like, I can't believe I fucking paid for that. Ooh, that's a good question. I think the one that comes off, I'll, I'll talk about the one that I, I think was super valuable for me. And then where, well, where you were like, Oh, I would have paid twice that or, or like, yeah. Like, something. Oh man, I would go back and do it again for the same price. That was the SFMA course for yeah. me by, by functional movement systems. Like I went through that. It was so well run. It was like really thorough. I felt like when I left the course, I actually like could very confidently perform this entire selective functional movement assessment, yeah. like hands down. Cause we had run through it so much and they had, explained it so well and they had structured the class so well with the education and the practice where it was like dude this really stuck in my mind mm -hmm. um there was another class like that that was what was pretty up there it was kind of like middle of the road it wasn't as high level but then a nyomp like low back course that i went to i was like oh yeah like this is this is good information and but you could see the difference between like a really really well structured high-end organization versus the middle middle right so the sfma was like it was like, whoa, that was, it was expensive, but it was like, yeah, that was, that was like some really valuable information. So like, I'm trying to think like, what about it? Like, like if you had to pay a thousand more dollars, I think it was just the professionalism of it. Like, and the amount of information that they crammed into a short period of time because of how effective it was run and how like efficient it was. There was no downtime. There was no like twiddling your thumbs or trying to think it was like it was like practice learn 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 practice 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 learn 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 practice 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 like we got a lot to do we got to go through all this stuff and it was like it was like a bombardment of information but at the same time it was very digestible in the way that they followed it up with direct hands-on practice right after where it was like okay now i know and then they would go into an explanation of okay this this and this you found this it means this is limited and it was just like and then they gave you like the materials the follow-up materials like the book is like literally it's like you're going through the course you know it's like oh man like i can remember all of this stuff because of how well the material is laid out and like, so now it's, it's not one of those courses where you drop in, you learn a bunch of stuff, you leave and you have nothing to like go back over it. And you're like, dude, yeah. I don't remember any of that stuff. Or like, I remember half of it. It's like, this is kind of one of those ones that also they provided so much stuff that you could review with. Gotcha. And it had an online portion of it too. So if you want to go all the way back, you can watch videos on like all the stuff you covered in the class. So it was yeah. like, that's how well it was set up. And they had like pre-learning. So you had to take all these, watch all these videos before. That's so cool. it was like, it just had, it, the setup was just like where it was. That's yeah. where the value was. So yeah. I mean, cause for me, I'm always like, I think this is a valuable question for us to do, for anyone to listen to and to do it on their own. Because mm -hmm. then like you just recreate like, all right. 
So what was it that really stuck out to me? Mm-hmm. Now let's provide that. And then like that's going to be valuable for someone else. Yeah. Can you think of something? It doesn't have to be a course. You, even like a like a jacket. I bought this, man. It sucked or something like that, you know? Yeah. I'll try to think. I'll, I have to think on that okay. a little bit. I'm pretty dis, I'm pretty like cautious of like at least like yeah. things that stick it on my mind are usually big money things. Because yeah. like I don't get worried about like – losing a little bit of money here and there on small things like oh man i can't believe i paid for that i can't yeah. believe, you know it's like i don't really worry that much about that um but like the big money items are like oh wow i can't believe i like spent that on on that thing i'm i i think uh value wise i think what sticks out to me was uh uh the vigor ground summit you know it was I think what I paid four hundred bucks for three hundred, three hundred or four hundred. Was it three hundred? Four hundred is the early bird, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, for three days, and I only went two. And this is how I I felt it was valuable because after the second day I couldn't go because I had the triathlon mm-hmm. and I was fine. Yeah, like I wasn't like ah oh, losing money here. Mm-hmm. Like someone hit me there, like, dude, you're not gonna come to the last day. You got it. I want you to get your money's worth. I was like, yeah. In my head, I was like, I already got it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just got so many. That's when you know you you really hit it on the head when like when like you went to two thirds of it and it's still worth the value for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what that was was, I mean, it was, it was actually bringing in the experts. Mm-hmm. You know, getting experts that are in the field there um and then it was it was just jam-packed you know i think a lot of those events are just so fluffy it's like hey we're we're talking and we're like yeah. hanging out and then it's like they'll bring one guy and then you know we're gonna take a break mm-hmm. this was like you barely had time to go to the bathroom yeah like it was like next guy's up next guy's up yep and it was guys that everyone should know if you're in the industry you know yeah um well it seemed like they had it structured really well too where like you had a whole day that was at the gym where you were doing movement stuff and then the next couple days where were more like based out of so like they provided a setup of where like okay we're in an environment where we can actually do these movements we're going to show you how to do the mobility we're going to show you how to do a charity boot camp and then the next days were like more of like informational sessions where like you were in the right environments for it too, which made it pretty interesting as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so that for sure, I was just like, yeah, that was a hundred percent worth it. And I missed a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of like times where I'm like, God, I can't believe I paid for that. Uh, I don't remember like specific, but I, I remember like there's definitely been like eBooks I'll buy. Sometimes maybe it's like 15, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it's whatever. But I'm just like, gosh, I can't I believe I bought that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. I, I mean, I've been to a couple events where it was like, it's more about the socializing aspect of it. And so you go and like, if you can't make those social events afterward, where it's like, the speakers aren't very strong. Some of it's almost like advertising type stuff where like a real estate agent is talking about how to like at a business. When I went to, it was like, they were talking about how to, how to like 
get commercial real estate, but it almost ended up being like an advertisement for this person's real estate company at the end of the thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, this is more like I'm paying someone to advertise to me. And so like, I think that's where like the value was like, well, this isn't really applicable to me. It doesn't seem like these like things are really like well laid out yeah. and like, or like you have a speaker where it's like, they're super convoluted and random and like all over the place and you can't follow them. And you're like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like I, I remember well, I went to CSM, which is the combined section meeting, which is like the big, conference for physical therapy okay and i mean i liked the conference in general but like every once in a while you go to a class and go dude i can't believe i just wasted like because you know there's only you know let's say 10 classes you can go to the whole you time pick and every once in a while you're like oh i'm picking between these two and you yeah. go to the one and you're like fuck yeah, like sucks. this class this one sucks this person is not bringing any energy yeah. they're not like good at teaching and all this stuff so and then you're like you regret like oh man i should have gone to that other one because i bet it was better so it's like those kind of things where it's like i think the value is just like there's something in structure for sure there's something in the energy there's something in the passion when someone has a real passion for something but like sometimes people's passion doesn't come out on things i think that's on them man yeah you gotta figure out how to do it otherwise you shouldn't be training people yeah yeah because you can have the best system in the world if you can't like don't be a speaker get people excited about it and portray it to people in a way that they can understand then you know like it's you don't have a good system to teach you might have a good system in practicality yeah but one one that i was thinking about and i i think yeah as a takeaway of like something that didn't give me value was just i hate when things are supposed to be informational and it's just like you can't do anything with it you yeah. know like the ebooks it's like all right like number there's no one, practicality to it yeah it's like number one this is stuff i've already heard from you mm-hmm. you know and then it's like number two uh how am i gonna apply this yeah um so i guess that's a takeaway that we can be like and we're already doing that it's like this is where you're gonna use this mm-hmm. like that's why i like luca's event because that first day it was like, here's what we do in our class. Take one mm-hmm. cue, take one movement, yeah. you know, take one philosophy, and, and I have. Yeah. Um, but one one event that did kind of suck. Well, it, the event itself kind of sucked. Was that idea thing that I went to in LA? Mm. Uh, I had a great time, and I wasn't tripping about the cost and all that because of the people that were there and. The people I connected with. See, but with. you were lucky that you found the value in that. If someone like me went there and didn't know anyone, and and or you were shy, or you didn't want to reach out, and you aren't very like good at like socializing in random circles, You'd been then you would like lose out. And those big conferences are tough because it's like the people are held to like a thirty minute or an hour presentation. They're trying to, they're excited, so they're trying to jam like a shitload of information into an hour, and then it gets like really quick or like weird or like random, and they're jumping all over the place. They're trying to answer questions. It's just like, it's not the best format for learning. Yeah. And yeah, it was just like a lot of it was just the same old stuff you hear, you know, like this one guy, he was like, I'm going to show you guys how to get five clients by the end of this presentation. (laughs) I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm excited. And uh, (laughs) I was like, dude, this is literally like, probably laid out in every uh multi-level marketing handbook it was like so what you're gonna do is you're gonna say you're gonna do a post and it's gonna say hey i'm looking for five people to join my <laughs> coaching program or something i was like bro i was like 
this is like oh day okay one ask shit, man. ask for people oh that, that <laughs> i didn't know that that was a th- but haven't you good seen idea. that oh, people yeah. post well, i'm looking sure. for five committed individuals yeah yeah oh for sure like, dude I like, do they think that that's going to work? Like, just asking for people to join them. And it was just so main. It was just super mainstream, I guess. Yeah. So, um, you're, what you're looking for is, like, new stuff. But, like, you're a guy that's listened to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books. So, it's, yeah. like, it's hard to give you something new at this point. Like, it's true. It's hard. But, yeah, that's what I was like. I thought it was going to be. And that's what I'm kind of on the lookout for is, like, those conferences that, you know, new ideas are coming out on. Yeah. You know, like, like let, let's say it's, like, a. I think of like the tech conferences that go on where it's like, wow, this is the future. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was thinking this, this was going to be like that for health and fitness. Like, whoa, yeah. like that's a fucking shirt you put on yeah. that also is connected to your mirror that yeah, cues yeah. you and your yeah, exercises yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Because I think those are important to go to so that you can get an idea on how like, all right, how do I structure how the industry is changing? Yeah, so, like yeah. how do we continue to move that way? But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I left that. I was like, yeah, it's kind of blue. But well, it's a bad feeling for everyone. I feel like because when you leave and you feel bad about it, about the money, people know when they didn't deliver, or some people prior don't know, but most people I feel like could tell, like, oh shit, like that wasn't great. I mean, no one comes out with a good feeling. One like of that. the speakers at the end was like. You guys awake or like at the end because it was just like you're not saying yeah. anything. That's yeah, like for sure. I don't know. That's too bad. Yeah. But, well, hopefully we can get some cool conferences in the future. Like it'd be cool to go to like a like something like I'd I'd be interested to see something like 10x. Even though I'm not like like I'm on and off with like Grant Cardone. He's like way too extreme for me, but he brings in a lot of cool speakers, and I feel like the energy would be good. And like that's kind of what you go to events for too. Sometimes is like. The, the pump up the motivation, but you've got to get some practical information in there at the same time because otherwise you leave that motivation goes away and then what do you have left? You have to have something that you can execute on. Yeah, I I go for the connections, the inspiration, yeah. and then hopefully like a couple tactics. But yeah, I, I think it, like if you can make someone feel a certain way, yeah, like they did, they done studies on it. Like this, I just was just reading this study. This guy. He did, uh, they did the same presentation and it was full of just like bullshit information that like didn't really make sense. It was like super high level, mm-hmm. you know, like where people can't really understand what you're saying. Yeah. And in one, one presentation, he said the same stuff, but he's really low and like, you know, just kind of monotone yeah. other presentation. He added a little bit of humor and he was upbeat yeah. and like, was like, as charismatic yeah and saying the same information they rated him like a a nine out of ten and the other one rated him a five and started to question they all had questions about what he was really saying (laughs) so basically it shows that like if you make someone feel a certain way and you're upbeat and people like you like obviously you should say some good stuff, but you really don't even have to. Yeah. And then the best dynamic speaker kind of does that makes people feel good, but also brings out the people at, to ask the questions and clarify things. Cause I feel like that's also bad presentation. If like you go so fast, you're super dynamic. People are super engaged, but everyone's kind of like, what did he uh, say? Like, yeah, like, what is he talking about? Like, how do like, you know, like yeah. how do I execute on this or, you know, what's he, the hell is he talking about? So, so I've seen guys like that. 
where it's like, dang, I feel good, but I don't know what to <laughs> You listen to podcast. I listen to podcasts like that sometimes. Where I'm like, I have no idea what this person's saying, but they got me pumped up. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's funny. But well, shoot, dude. So the one thing I did want to mention during this podcast.